Well, here we are again at the kitchen table. Thanks for joining me. I am Arctic Eric, and this is Fika with Arctic Eric. We are moving into part number eight of Faith in Christ Always. What a joy it is to spend time with you here at the kitchen table. I was having a conversation last night uh, with a lady who actually did not know it, but she was discussing, wanting to chat about faith for our families, faith for a husband, faith for a wife, faith for children, faith for lost family members. So if you know anyone who has lost ones in their family, or if you do, you might want to uh, listen to this and share it with others who are in that situation. All right, we're going to remind ourselves that faith in Christ always is possible because our ability to believe faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ through what's told, through what's heard, and it comes by the message concerning Christ. And of course, Christ is found where? He's found from Genesis to Revelation. And as the person of the Holy Spirit, the teacher on the inside of us, continues to reveal Christ to us, we'll discover wonderful things and it will build faith in us to believe that which Scripture declares is true. Let's remind ourselves that that word faith, that word believe, to help us understand more clearly what's, what's meant by that, that it can be amplified by saying that we're adhering to, we're trusting in, we're relying on, we're relying upon, or we have faith, faith in a person. And that person is God as revealed in Scripture his Son, Jesus Christ, revealed to us in Scripture, and the Holy Spirit of God, who wants to lead us into all truth. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He wants to lead us into the depths of the riches of the knowledge and wisdom of God that are in Christ Jesus. So we're going to look at two Bible verses in particular today. And I'm going to share with you a bit of a testimony along the way, hoping that you will reach out by faith as you listen and say, Yes, Lord, let your good will be done, not only in my life, but in the lives of those that I love and that I am trusting you to reach with the good news of repentance and faith in Christ. Okay, here we go. I would think that if you've been praying for your family, you're aware of these two verses out of the book of Acts. But here we go. Starting in Acts 16.31, So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them and rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. The same thing again in Acts 18.8. Then Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his household. And many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed, and were 
baptized. Okay, in the first verses there, we have a situation where Paul and Silas are in prison. They're actually in prison, and they are worshiping God. And it says that other prisoners were listening to them. And we can assume that the guard was also listening to them because he was assigned with the task to be sure that they did not escape. But God had a different plan. What happened was God shook the foundations of the prison through an earthquake. And the doors opened, and chains chains fell off. They came loose. The jailer woke up from all of this, and when he saw that the doors were open, he drew his sword. He was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them, washed their wounds, and immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. So let's see what's going on here. Well, first of all, We read, they said. What did they say? Obviously, they communicated the gospel. That gospel comes through faith in God. They said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, God commands that all people repent, that they turn and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And this Jesus is the Jesus of the gospel. Without Christ, the good news is not good news. It could be a lot of good ideas and good thoughts and good rules and good regulations, but it's not salvation, for there is no one who can save us apart from Jesus Christ. So we certainly don't want to leave faith in Christ out of any message that we share. And of course, as I say, when the gospel is preached, when Christ is the central theme, when Christ is more than the starting point, when he becomes the entire point, he is the gospel, then we're not going to want to emphasize on programs and all the other activities. They might be good, but that the one and only plan God has is that they believed in their hearts that Jesus Christ is Lord. And he said... Through this, you're saved. You enter the promise of eternal salvation, you and your house. Now, this is read in different ways by different folks, but I read that when that conversion took place, when the household saw what had happened and had heard the gospel, may have been the father himself who then shared the gospel with his family, that in fact the power of God came and convicted and brought a gospel reality not only into the home, but into the hearts of all who believed. 
I'm thinking back to my own family. I was not raised in a Christian home. In fact, it wasn't until my mother was in her 40s and she was the first one that someone shared the gospel with. She was at a women's Bible study. Someone had invited her there and she liked to study And so she heard the good news, and what I remember about it more than anything was when she came home, she was the happiest, most joy-filled mother person I had ever met. It was absolutely amazing. It was so amazing that for me as a non-believer, it was really strange. And then my sister got really strange. Couldn't understand it. And then... I got really strange. I was at home alone listening to the Bible on on audio, and God revealed to me through the words of Jesus Christ as recorded in the Gospel of John that God loved me. And I ended up being like mom and my sister, filled with a joy that I could not explain, and a transformation had begun that goes beyond description. And then my brothers came to know the Lord. And the Holy Spirit of God showed my siblings and I how we were to live and share and witness and testify about our relationship with Christ in the way that my father could be receptive to it. However, it was a process of years before he capitulated. And what happened was we had simply planted seeds. Someone had left a a mini book in the bathroom and he happened to be there and he read that. And I remember so well the day that he came out and said, I'm just like all of you. I prayed the prayer in the back of that book. And I can tell you his life changed. Without anyone suggesting he should do it, he began to read his Bible every day and pray for his children every day. And this did not occur until he was 65 years old. He did not meet Jesus until 65. And when we read statistics, we're told that a great majority of people come to Christ before their 20s. I'm sure glad that Statistics don't hinder the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ who caused and drew my father to himself who repented and believed at the age of 65 years old. Isn't that marvelous? And then in chapter 18, as I read, it says that then Paul left the synagogue and went next door to the house of Titus Justus, a worshiper of God. Crispus, the synagogue leader, and his entire household believed in the Lord. And many of the Corinthians who heard Paul believed and were baptized. They believed. His entire household believed in the Lord. And I believe that that is the will of God for you, for your family, and for for any family that is willing to trust God. You know, it can take time, though. It can take a great amount of time. I'm thinking about when I shared a similar message many years ago with a Messianic Jew, a brother who loved Jesus and was standing for his family. And it wasn't until years later that I heard that 
his family had also come to know Jesus Christ as Lord. In 2 Peter chapter 3, we read, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends, with the Lord a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. You know, we know that God's will is that none perish. We do not know the timetable. We do know that today is the day of salvation for all who cry out to him. And we know that there are those who are resisting him. We know that there are those that he is working on and we're wondering, Lord, when is it going to happen? But as I recall in all the years that we witnessed to my father through our lives and through conversation about Christ at the kitchen table, that I can't recall ever being worried about when was my father going to repent and be saved. I saw him as my father in need, as I was in need, and I saw him as one who was going to come into the family of God through faith, through faith in Christ, through faith in Scripture, knowing that God desires households to be saved. He wants no one to perish, but everyone to come to repentance in your family and in your friend's family and in your extended family. My wife and I pray almost daily for her extended family. And for those in the family who who have had a conversion experience, we're praying for the fullness of that in their lives. There's a scripture here in 1 Peter I want to talk about a little bit too. And this uh, came from all the years of traveling in Russia and after meetings, many, many women whose husbands were not saved wanted to know what they could do, what they should say that their husbands might be saved. And I, I remember reminding them, sharing with them, saying to them, the most important thing is don't try to help God with your words. Let the Spirit lead you into any conversation that might be needful to plant seeds, but that more than anything, that they, your husbands, might be one through your behavior when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that inner self the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For in this way, the holy women of the past who put their hope in God would adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their husband like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him Lord. You are daughters if you do what is right and don't give way to fear. Listen, don't fear about your spouse's salvation. No, we crush fear with faith, and faith comes as we hear the word of God. We're not to fear, but we're to respect 
Husbands want to be respected and women need to be loved. They need to know an unconditional love and acceptance just as they are. And husbands need to be respected. And God wants to do things through wives who believe through their inward change to speak, if you will, through that change to their husbands, and all the time waiting upon the Lord for the opportunity led by the Spirit to share and to testify about what God has done, we allow the Holy Spirit to convince us that it's God's will that no one perish, to convince us that he is able to convince us that his desire is that our household come to Christ. Well, I can see, as usual, time is going by. I have certainly enjoyed this time with you at the kitchen table. I hope you're encouraged today. God desires to encourage us in what he has done, what he'll do in the future, and what he desires to do today through the indwelling person of the Holy Spirit. Well, God bless you today. Look forward to when we meet here again at the kitchen table. Good day.